Hello, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical for Women, a nonprofit medical clinic offering free of charge or low cost reproductive health services to women in the Seattle area, regardless of income or insurance status. 3W does not profit off of the reproductive health choices women make. The information shared in this podcast is the opinion of the speaker or speakers. Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Helen Nguyen, CEO and co-founder of 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. Hi, everyone. Thank you again for joining us on Wellness Wednesday with 3W. And again, we're having Hip Nguyen come back, talk to, talk to us and educating us about really important topics in healthcare today. And specifically, this week, we wanted to highlight the issues surrounding education and accessibility and care around a pretty sensitive topic, HIV and AIDS, specifically how it affects women, girls, nationwide, worldwide. So thank you, Hip, for coming on today again. We are just going to squeeze Hip as much as possible before he leaves us. So you're you're going to be hearing a lot about um, a lot from him. But this is a topic that I thought would be great to hear it from a male provider because it, it impacts everybody, right? Yeah, Hip? absolutely. It impacts yeah. everybody. And I, I love doing these podcasts because it helps me to do my learn. own research, learn <laughs> and, you know, use it actually in the future. So thank you. Thank you. And Hip is, um, you know, he's seeing patients here at 3W before he he heads out. Um, he'll he'll continue to be part of our organization, I'm sure, in some capacity. But if you are needing health care right now and and would like to meet Hip in person, this is your opportunity. So please make an appointment with us here at 3W. Get to know him. Come and see him. He's just a wealth of knowledge. But today specifically, let's talk about HIV and AIDS and bringing awareness to this very, very deadly disease and issue that affects our world today. So why, HIP, in your opinion, why specifically should we highlight it within healthcare surrounding women? Why why do you think that's important? Yeah, that's a good question. HIV can happen to anyone. Mm -hmm. And most oftentimes, you don't really know that you have it. Mm-hmm. And it's just after through maybe getting sick often that you okay. might get tested for HIV. Okay. But the thing about HIV is that it can spread mm-hmm. sexually. Mm-hmm. It can be spread by infected blood. Mm-hmm. But most oftentimes through, through sex mm-hmm. and through contact with infected blood from other people through needles or in any way form that you get someone else's blood in your system. And for, for women specifically, mm-hmm. it can be passed down to their child in wow. yeah. in utero. So I think, I think that. that's that's something that is more more focus on, on women. Okay. So it's it's good to know whether or not you have it and mm-hmm. to be treated for it. Mm-hmm. Because I can mention it now that depending mm-hmm. on how much of the viral load, mm-hmm. meaning how much of this HIV virus is in you, okay. uh, depending on how much you have, 
the likelihood of it can be passed down to your child mm -hmm. is high when there's a high load and there's lower when there's mm -hmm. low load. So it's good to know and be able to kind of stay on top of it okay. to see if, you know, if there's anything that we can do about it. Okay. So I know we do HIV testing here in the clinic. Yes. And that's part of our STI panel is what we like to call it, right? So, yep. so am I correct to say that if you are engaging in sexual activities with multiple people, it's always, you know, the rule is every new partner you need to come in and get get tested, right? Yes. So how, how does that test work? Can you tell me more about, is it a, a swab yeah, or yeah. is it a blood test? What, what does that look like? So testing for HIV is a blood test. Okay. We usually uh, take that sample, spin it down, and we, we test to see if your body has that virus in you. Okay. Um, there's names for these tests like Western mm -hmm. blood, PCR, mm -hmm. and it's just that, you know, it's just do a blood test. Okay. That's what we're detecting Okay. for is, is there a virus in you. Okay. And it, it depends on the test that we run. There's a multitude of things, but there are, are the ones I just mentioned. Those mm -hmm. are the ones that's more common because okay. HIV can take some time to show up positive on a okay. test. Okay. I read that about 90% will be positive after like three or four weeks, but after mm. 12 to 16 weeks, it's 99.9% .9 to be positive at that time. Okay. So that's kind of how we test for, for HIV. Okay. In terms of being part of the panel, uh-huh. The, the bacterial one, like gonorrhea and mm -hmm. chlamydia, those are the ones that are comes and goes a little bit more frequently than HIV itself. Okay. But once uh, a person have HIV, it's kind of important to keep in mind that your immune system is suppressed. They call it immunosuppression. Okay. Okay. And that opens up a whole avenue for other infections mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. affect the body. Okay. So do you, so you would recommend when patients come in and are getting tested for kind of the more prevalent STIs, like gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, yes. to also test for HIV? Yeah. Consider doing HIV too, just for a peace of mind. Okay. For, for anybody who has a history of multiple partners, okay. it, it'd be good to know then and there if you have one and then kind of forbids it that mm -hmm. you'd develop HIV in the future, you can kind of step back and trace back who it could be so that we can trace kind of trace and, yeah. that that line a little bit. So okay. so that way just to prevent further transmission. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Do you feel in your opinion that HIV is is um talked about a lot in the medical world? Because I feel like gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis is very talked about all the time. Like Oh, we have it, you know, it's, it's treatable and all of yeah. that stuff. But I feel like there's not a lot of emphasis on HIV. I do agree with okay. that, um, mainly because there's treatment now, Okay, right? There's mm -hmm. like back then when they first found out, like what is happening? Mm -hmm. And then going through all those years of detecting the, the cause, this virus mm -hmm. that's causing it and then coming up with medication to treat it. Mm -hmm. The mortality rate for patients these days mm -hmm. compared to those who comparing those who are not on treatment to those who are on treatment. Okay. Those who are not on treatment tends to have a shorter lifespan. Okay. 
But with the development of the anti-retroviral drugs that attacks mm. the, the virus, the mortality rate is returning back to normal as if you didn't have HIV. Wow. So wow. it's in I the medical know. world, we don't talk about it much because there's a treatment for it. There's mm-hmm. the ways to, to manage the symptoms and the viral load that you have in your body. Mm-hmm. The thing that doesn't get talked a lot about is that mental pressure mm-hmm. that emotional burden of mm-hmm. someone who has hiv mm-hmm. how it affects them in their lives because there's certain sexual behaviors that hiv can be transmitted a little bit more easier mm-hmm. like anal intercourse is mm-hmm. one way mm-hmm. and for some people having hiv kind of changes their lives yes i wouldn't say kind of it changes their it lives changes a their lot lives. yeah and, and there's a stigma. It is. Yeah, yeah. There, there are stigmas on mm-hmm. these p- patients. And I had a whole day in class one time where we talked to HIV patients mm. and hearing their story. Mm-hmm. There are those who get it through the expected, you know, sexual intercourse mm-hmm. from sharing needles. Mm-hmm. But there are some patients who just gets it mm. from sitting on a dirty toilet. <laughs> so wow. it's kind of interesting how it works. And sometimes people don't know that they had it. Yeah. They didn't know that their partners have it. Yeah. So it's it's really important to consider that mentality and mm-hmm. and the burden that it affects patients as well. Mm-hmm. Even though we can manage it, yeah, doesn't mean that there's other implications for HIV sure. positive patients. Sure. Yeah. Can you remind me again what HIV stands for? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. HIV stands for a human immunodeficiency virus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I look back into the history of this a little bit too, and it was really interesting. It okay. was kind of discovered around 1981. Okay. They were like, how So come? recent. It's recent. Yeah. I was like, oh what? My gosh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In 1981, they started noticing like there's a lot of people coming in with this specific type of pneumonia being mm-hmm. attacked, uh, being caused by this specific like organism. Mm-hmm. And the more they saw that, the more tested that they got, and they finally associated with this virus. They call it a retrovirus. Kind of going back to like science basics, how our body works when we make like simple things as hair or skin. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. goes from our DNA, mm-hmm. and it uses machineries to turn it to RNA, and mm-hmm. then that turns into proteins, and eventually that develops into what we see outside in our body, like our skin and our hair. Mm-hmm. HIV is a retrovirus, meaning it's an RNA. So it's right in the middle step right Hmm. there. Hmm. And what it does when you contract this virus is that it puts its RNA into your body and it uses our own machinery to turn it back into DNA. And then our body will start using that DNA to make RNA and protein. So it starts developing the viral... Uh, programming. So that's how it multiplies. Exactly. It just keeps replicating. Using our own bodies. Using our own bodies. Machinery. Yeah. So interesting. Eventually, yeah, like (laughs) 1981 was when they saw all of these pneumonias is Mm -hmm. the the common ones Mm -hmm. for HIV patients. I can get into a little bit about that in a little bit. Mm -hmm. But then they started testing for this virus. There's serology. Mm -hmm. They test a serum in our blood. For these antibodies, okay. our bodies create antibodies mm-hmm. against any foreign pathogens or organisms mm-hmm. and then fights it off mm-hmm. by identifying it with antibodies. Mm. So then two years after they 
built this test in 1987 is when they started having antiviral, uh, anti-retroviral therapy. Wow. So that's a span of six years, which is kind of impressive. But at wow. the same time, yeah, it's it's really recent yes. in my books. It is recent. Time. 1987 is when I was born. So it is recent. <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. wow. Okay. Very interesting. So, so getting back to you saying there's a variety of ways in which you can contract HIV through sexual intercourse, needles. Can you get HIV through oral sex? That's less common. Okay. I, I, I won't say no, you will never. Yes. I think there is always an opening. Uh-huh. If someone has a positive history of HIV mm-hmm. and their fluids gets into your body, there's a likelihood that sure. you might contract it. Okay. And that's what I that's why I won't say no mm-hmm. to that answer. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, anal intercourse is most common okay. route okay. for for HIV transmission. Okay. Not exactly sure why, mm-hmm. but that's what the data has shown. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what is the difference between HIV and AIDS? Excellent question. Okay. HIV is the virus itself. It's the condition in which you have that virus in your body. Okay. And what HIV does, like I mentioned, is that it's using your own machinery to replicate. Mm-hmm. And what is the product doing to your body? Mm-hmm. The product of this HIV replication, this virus, mm-hmm. is that it's attacking your fighter cells in your body. We call it the CD4 cells. Okay. These are the cells that has the guns mm-hmm. and are about to go shoot down to some bad guys. Mm-hmm. Those are the good guys. Mm-hmm. And when you have HIV, those CD4 cells begin to diminish because mm-hmm. of the virus. Mm-hmm. And there's a point where we begin calling HIV AIDS when the CD4 cell count get below 200, mm. 200 cells. For normal reference, mm-hmm. it's around 800 to 1,000. That's normal. Okay. Anything below 200, we consider that AIDS. Okay. So the stages of HIV, you get the viral transmission through sex, infected blood, or through perinatal, mm-hmm. through mom and infant. Mm-hmm. And once you have it, it can become an acute HIV infection where you start experiencing symptoms. Mm-hmm. And then the longer you have it, the more it becomes like what we call chronic HIV infection. There's under that chronic infection, it's chronic, no AIDS. So that means mm-hmm. that your CD4 cell is mm-hmm. above 200. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then there becomes AIDS, which is your 200. Your CD4 cells is below 200 now. Okay. And then there becomes what we call an advanced uh, HIV infection, which okay. your CD4 cell count is less than 50. Wow. Okay. So what does all that mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have the good guys to fight off the bad guys, the bad guy's going to win, right? Okay. So when someone's CD4 cell counts go below 200, mm-hmm. we start worrying about infections of other kinds. Okay. There is a pneumonia that's mm-hmm. caused specifically by a bug. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to even pronounce the name. <laughs> that's uh, okay. Just call it the bug. It's uh, the, the condition itself is um, pneumocystis. Okay. 
Girovici pneumonia. Oh, oh that's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, I can't even spell that completely well. But and then there are other fungal infection that anybody who has HIV can easily fight off. Mm-hmm. Without HIV, can easily fight off. Mm-hmm. And if you have HIV, you have AIDS. Those infections, it's a little bit more severe. Okay. To the point that it can be life threatening. Sure. Mm-hmm. And taking a step back before AIDS, kind of, it's hard to really tell whether or not you have HIV unless someone you know has HIV and definitely passed it on to you. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell if you don't know that. Mm-hmm. But something that can kind of add on that can help us, especially providers just kind of speculate HIV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not only just the the history, but also their medical history. Are they getting sick often? All the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you have pneumonia one one week and then a month later you have it again. And then mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like a pattern. It's like, why are you keep getting mm-hmm. all of these illnesses? Mm-hmm. So I read that 60% of patients with HIV are asymptomatic. They don't show symptoms. Mm-hmm. But for those who do, you see fever, Mm-hmm. swollen lymph nodes, a sore throat, sometimes a rash, mm-hmm. body aches, sometimes you get diarrhea. That's something I found really interesting. HIV, huh. it harbors in your lymph nodes, especially in your gut's lymph nodes. So <laughs> it's where you it goes first for some yeah. reason. Yeah. And yeah. it it kind of causes you to have those GI symptoms like diarrhea. It sounds yeah. like symptoms that you get when you have the flu, exactly, or the stomach mm-hmm. flu, exactly. So you don't, you don't, you don't, don't really know. think about it. Yeah, that's why we have to consider past social history mm-hmm. as well as other types of history too to make sure that we put HIV in our differential. Yes, and if all of these symptoms tend to happen constantly mm-hmm. and on like a regular pattern mm-hmm. without a real reason mm-hmm. if it's the flu there's tests for flus right. there's influenza tests that we can run if it's negative and then we run other tests as negative we'll start mm-hmm. suspecting something hiv else. yeah right so and once does hiv kind of evolves to aids where mm-hmm. your cd4 cell count is less than 200 cells mm-hmm. the infections that you get we call that aids defining illnesses Mm. aids defining diseases Mm -hmm. because patients who have cd4 counts less than 200 is very likely to get those kind of infection that pneumonia Mm -hmm. that's gonna big hit Mm -hmm. for sure there's other fungal infection too Mm -hmm. that can Mm -hmm. affect the patient like i mentioned hiv reduces your immune system's ability to do its normal job Mm -hmm. so when that happens you get sick easily mm-hmm. infections comes a lot easier for for a person with hiv mm-hmm. and like the smallest things like fungal infections uh, like yeast infections or common flu that anybody can fight off that tends to happen a little bit more frequently for someone with hiv and so it becomes more frequently and it becomes more dangerous would, would you mm-hmm. agree it, with that i say i say so okay. because you don't have the right equipment to fight it to off. Fight it off. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit more severe. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with modern medicine, like you said, we are able to expand and help patients that do have HIV extend their, their lifespan now. Right. Do you know 
when it started back in 1981, 87 87, to now, how, like how much have we been able to help people extend that lifespan? How much more? Yeah. There's, there's data, there's data from the nineties to 2000 that's suggesting and comparing patients who are without Mm -hmm. treatment Mm -hmm. to patients who are on treatment. Mm -hmm. So for a patient who has HIV and then you eventually develop AIDS, Mm -hmm. the median survival rate was 12 to 18 months. Wow. Especially when the CD4 count is below 200. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. AIDS. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, patients who are on treatment, there's something called pre-exposure and post-exposure treatments that has limited the viral load mm-hmm. in a patient's body, which kind of limit the the progression to AIDS mm-hmm. and limit mm-hmm. the progression of transmission. Mm-hmm. So there's there's this campaign, I forgot what it's called, but if it's when you, you regularly if you have HIV, you regularly get tested mm-hmm. to see where your viral load is, to see where your C D4 counts are. Mm-hmm. There's this campaign where they say undetectable means untransmissible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, meaning if our test for HIV is undetectable, that means we can't find any. Mm-hmm. That means it's very, very unlikely to be transmitted. Okay. Um, okay. So that's thanks to medication and treatment yes. of yes. it. Uh-huh. So kind of that evolution just kind of give you an idea, hopefully <laughs> answers your questions a little bit. Yeah. So it has gone beyond that 12 to 18 months. Right. Life's, right. But it varies per person, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yes. It yes. does. But it happens more on a regular basis. There's a pattern now to mm-hmm. suggest that, yeah, this treatment is working. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just because you have HIV does not necessarily mean you will have AIDS. Correct. Okay. Because let's just say you have HIV and then your CD4 counts go to like 190. That's when we call it AIDS. Okay. But then after treatment and uh, doing what you need to do with your provider, yeah. And they check your CD4 counts, and now is above 200, say back to 400, 500. Uh huh. We won't call that AIDS anymore. Ah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it can change. It can change. And. From what I've understand. Yes. 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 So, when you have HIV. Is that something you'll have forever? That's a good question. And in my opinion, I say yes, in in a sense that we should not just say, oh, we don't have it anymore. We shouldn't continue looking at it. Right, right. I think it's something that you continually want to make sure that it's no more. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. I haven't seen a quote-unquote HIV cure where you can take that virus and get it out of your body and there's like zero more in your body. Yeah, yeah. And my thought process about that is that once you're, once that virus comes in and Mm -hmm. it introduces its own like programming, its Mm -hmm. RNA into Mm -hmm. our body, Mm -hmm. our body now has that DNA to kind Mm -hmm. of, to to build that. So in, in a way, I think it has incorporated into our body in a, mm-hmm. in the sense like imprinted in so, a way, yeah. 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 So our body might adjust well to that, mm-hmm. 
and but, and respond well and to respond the to what treatment uh-huh. exactly. But there's still a level that I think there's still HIV sure in your body, whether okay. or not you're gonna have more consequences from it. Okay, we we can't say. Okay, but the lower the mm-hmm. HIV load, mm-hmm. the the better chance that it's going to be easier mm-hmm. in terms of your health. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. So would you say that getting tested for HIV along with, you know, syphilis, chlamydia, gonorrhea is as important whenever you have a new partner? I'd say so. Okay. Give it some time though. Like okay. I mentioned, because of how long it takes for it to show positivity and something also is that to keep in mind what your symptoms are and how mm-hmm. your health has been mm-hmm. as well because chlamydia and gonorrhea will show up a lot faster there will be more symptoms involved mm-hmm. hiv it's something to consider with your health with mm-hmm. your partner's history your sexual behavior mm-hmm. and based on all of that it will help you consider whether or not to be tested for hiv and I think if there's any doubt, mm-hmm. any concern at all, there's mm-hmm. no harm. It's sure. just a simple blood test. Yeah. Yeah. So. We, we rather you know exactly. than stress out when you go home and not know, right? So, yeah. So um, I guess our recommendation is to our listeners, you know, come in and get your your checkup with, with the normal you know, gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis pretty immediately, probably after a new partner. Mm-hmm. And then come back, right? If you're still wondering, should I get these other tests? Right. Should I get HIV test? You know, just for peace of mind. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think I think getting tested is always helpful. Mm-hmm. And there also like a thought that like mm-hmm. how much testing can do good versus mm-hmm. do harm. Okay. So. It, that, that's why I mentioned, you know, consider everything before mm-hmm. you do it. It's always good to to take a test that says negative, but what if it comes back positive? Mm-hmm. So there's kind of a balance between that to consider. Mm-hmm. I say it's never a bad idea to get tested to know at that point, mm-hmm. do you mm-hmm. have HIV? And then depending on your, your history, mm-hmm. eventually, if you don't have it, great. If some reason you start contracting HIV, it's mm-hmm. good to, again, track mm-hmm. where it's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with COVID, I think one of the things that I kept hearing is like taking care of your community, taking care of your neighbor. And so doing being responsible if you are engaging in, in you know sexual activity and multiple partners to get tested because it's about taking care of yourself but also taking care of those around you, taking care of your community and, and tracing back where you contract uh, uh, STIs as well as HIV. And, and we are here for you to, to do that at such a, such a low, low cost. And if you're, if you're curious about how to do any of this, if you don't know which tests to get, that's, that's where hip comes in and he can navigate those conversations with you. So please never hesitate to come in and just make an appointment, just talk to a medical provider about what types of tests to take. Yeah, it's good to have the information so that you can make an informed decision. Correct. Um, I think that's mostly what I do is to educate and inform Mm -hmm. patients so that Mm -hmm. way I can help them make a decision Mm -hmm. and it becomes a a relationship, a collaboration Mm -hmm. to to work together. 
for the sure. benefit of the patient's health. Yeah. And all of our appointments are up to an hour. Yeah. Free of charge. Coming in to talk to HIP is free to you. No strings <laughs> yeah. attached. I promise. You know, we only charge patients lab fees. So if they're, there's like a blood draw for the HIV, like, uh, like HIP said, there is a charge that's attached to it, but it's very, very nominal. So please never, never let financial issues come in between you and getting healthy. Anything else, HIP, that you want yeah. to tell our listeners? I actually want to direct mm-hmm. to the population of patients who have HIV. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, like, there's a huge stigma Mm. into that Mm -hmm. and it ostracizes patients Mm. harshly yes very harshly it ruins relationships it Mm -hmm. ruins a person's Mm well-being not just their health but their their mental health Mm -hmm. their emotional health Mm -hmm. coming from a medical standpoint we'll say that i'll say that drugs can bring the viral load to a quote-unquote cured level not saying that it's completely manageable, cured, but it's completely manageable. Okay. HIV is a manageable chronic disease, mm-hmm. and that can be done in many primary care and general practitioner mm. office. Mm-hmm. And I believe that here in Washington State, HIV prep treatments, mm-hmm. like pre-exposure treatments, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. should shouldn't cost anything for patients. But mm-hmm. don't quote me on that. But it's very accessible, mm-hmm. and it's a very manageable disease a mm-hmm. chronic disease mm-hmm. and for for women specifically how hiv is a little different for them is that women tends to not take care of themselves due to other domestic obligations mm-hmm. so there are organizations out there like the the babes b-a-b-e-s babes mm-hmm. group that is there to like allow people to come and talk mm-hmm. especially for women so support Support, exactly. Support groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that just ties really well into the podcast that we did last week with Lauren and Taylor about self-care, yeah. specifically for women. And that, you know, if you are curious about how to even start about self-care, please do so. But that really resonates with what HIP is saying is like, especially for women, we tend to be caretakers in our families and our communities and our relationships. And so it's so, so important that you know that we're here for you and that conversations with our medical provider never comes with strings. We truly want to just provide you with full consent, full information, full education, medical, medically accurate information for you to make the best decision about your healthcare. So thank you, Hib. Yeah, thank absolutely. you for educating us once again about this really tough, tough topic, you know, Um, and uh, just to let people know out there that you're not alone and that we're here for you in whatever capacity you, you need. Well, thank you. Thank you, Hip. Thank you for tuning in with us. You know, if you have people in your community that are dealing with this disease, please, please let them, let them know we're here for them and please educate others about this, this disease by passing along this podcast. So Thank you, everyone, so much. Thank you for listening. For more information about 3W, please visit our website at 3wmedical.org. That's the number three, the letter W, medical.org. From there, you can learn more information about the services we provide. Book an appointment or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206 588 
1-800-273-0311. If you like this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay healthy and be well.